A Taiwanese baker won a recent contest using a very special recipe. His pistachio and kumquat king's pie in the shape of Taiwan was a big hit with the judges. The pastry is a traditional Christmas treat in France, but it's rarely baked in Taiwan. Aside from the winning cake, he also attracted attention with his supersized croissants. This gargantuan croissant is 40 centimeters long. The eye-catching centerpiece is put beside a normal croissant to compare. Just the body is 10 times the size. It was rolled out, cut, rolled up, and baked. Now, as it crunches under a knife, customers are entranced. Aside from the croissants, there is this 66 centimeter king's pie in the shape of Taiwan. Its many layers of short crust pastry are filled with delicate almond frangipane. Finally, it's brushed in an egg glaze and baked slowly for three hours. The contest was entered by 32 bakers, all presenting their own home-produced recipes. The stage was as aromatic as the coziest kitchen. The chocolate smells wonderful, and the croissants are enormous. The dough is really airy when you bite into it. It tastes like a soup with a pastry crust. The short crust pastry on the top is so crunchy. The baking industry is worth 60 billion NT a year in Taiwan. This professional baker's contest required bakers to bring their most creative pastry recipes using local ingredients. From almost 100 bakers involved, Zhang Shibin stood out from his use of kumquats and pistachios in this special king's pie. He also made these Danish pastries shaped like hearts, flavored with chocolate and pineapple. In the end, he won first place. For the filling of the king's pie, I paired pistachios, oranges and kumquats. I also added a layer of orange marmalade I made myself to give it a moisture texture. Aside from the top winner, eight other award-winning recipes will also go on the commercial market. This Christmas, why not try a kumquat king's pie? Turning now to medical news, some medical scans can increase the risk of dementia, according to a new study from the National Health Research Institute. Radiography is a common type of medical scan. It's often combined with an imaging technique called contrast media. A contrast agent is added to the patient's blood, helping doctors find the causes of disease. But that agent can increase dementia risks. Doctors are now advising patients to avoid non-essential scans. Radiography is an important kind of medical exam. It can reveal causes of disease that are hard to detect. For example, when a patient has a stroke, they might do a CT scan of the brain, and they need to take some images for a while to see if there are any new changes in the brain, and to monitor the stroke and see if there's anything going on there. So that means that there may be a need to do a CT scan of the same part of the brain two or three times in quick succession. Official figures show that 43,000 people get CT scans in Taiwan every year. Some 262,000 people get MRI scans and about 300 people use contrast media, although evidence shows contrast media may be harmful to the kidneys. Now, research from the National Health Research Institutes and Taichung Veterans Hospital shows contrast media can increase the risk of dementia. Alzheimer's is the most common form of dementia, alongside vascular dementia. 
Now, in principle, vascular dementia is more likely to be impacted by the kinds of toxic drugs that affect the blood vessels. Therefore, we can see in this study that the risks of vascular dementia are more than doubled by contrast media. The study used big data analysis to do a cross-comparison of 1.46 million people who had a contrast media procedure in the last 10 years, and the same number of people who did not. Those who'd used contrast media had a 109% higher risk of developing dementia within 10 years. While if Alzheimer's cases were excluded, then the risk of developing vascular dementia specifically was 366% higher. Blood vessels are affected by contrast media. They cause direct damage and contraction of the blood vessels. That's the case in the kidneys and also in the brain. Now, long-term damage could be caused by effects from the blood vessel contraction when the contrast agent is perfused, as well as the rash in the blood vessels itself. Doctors say that non-essential scans should be reduced and proper protection measures taken before and after any scan occurs. Patients should drink plenty of water and use the bathroom regularly. To reduce the length of time, the contrast media remains in their body. Taxi fares could go up in Taipei, New Taipei and Geelong by the end of the year amid rising fuel costs. According to the Transport Ministry, taxi drivers made an average monthly net profit of 21,000 NT in 2021, which is well below the minimum wage. Drivers' unions in the north have submitted a proposal to adjust the current base fare of 70 NT up to 90 NT. In a long line, taxis wait for passengers outside Taipei Main Station. There don't seem to be many riders today, and drivers say the future isn't looking good. The environment isn't great, our income keeps shrinking, there are more cars on the streets and fewer restrictions on cars. That has caused our revenue to continue falling. Business is terrible. At its worst, I've made less than 10,000 NT in a month. According to the Transport Ministry, subtracting expenses like fuel and parking, the average monthly net profits for cab drivers stood at 22,000 NT in 2021. That's lower than the minimum wage. Amid climbing fuel prices and soaring inflation, cab driver unions have asked the Transport Ministry to raise fares. After reviewing the fares, there is another problem, which is that it takes at least three months to change the meters. And then there is the matter of holiday rates for the Lunar New Year, which could cause misunderstandings with customers. The review process should be as fast as possible. Taxis operate across Taipei, New Taipei and Geelong, so we need to confirm that the proposals from the unions in the three cities are in line with one another. We also hope to review this matter as soon as possible. Whether taxi fares will go up will be decided by the end of the year. Observers say TSMC Chief Executive Officer C.C. Wei may have gained nearly 23.5 million NT after his recent buyback of 200,000 TSMC shares. The calculation is based on the rapid rise the share price has undergone from a recent low point of 370 NT to the current 487 NT. Financial enthusiasts said since the current price per share has touched a new high in its recent upward trend, retail investors would be ill-advised to chase the market. Let's hear their opinions. I sold 8,000 shares already. Will it please stop rising? Oh, they went up by another 11%.
My stock strategy is quite simple. Some may want to make a fortune, but not me. I'm fine with smaller profits. 但三百七十块，这个是就长期买家来说 ，three hundred and seventy NT for long-term investors. That's a very good price. Currently, TSMC's quarterly earnings per share stand at around ten NT to twelve NT. For potential new investors, it would be better to hold off for now until it starts to go down. The financial pundit believed TSMC's price per share has already reached a short-term high. Meanwhile, several major U.S. hedge funds have all placed their bets on TSMC, including Bridgewater Associates and Soros. Most notably, Warren Buffett's Berkshire Hathaway recently announced it had, in quarter three, placed 60.1 million shares, giving TSMC a long-awaited boost of confidence. With the local elections coming up at the end of the month. The Central Election Commission on Wednesday held a press conference to explain its COVID preventative procedures on November 26. The CEC reminded the public that people in home isolation are not allowed to leave their homes and thus cannot vote. It added that designated booths will be set up at polling stations for people who don't have COVID but have symptoms such as a fever or a cough. Taiwan's first nationwide elections since the start of COVID will take place in just 10 days. The Central Election Commission on Wednesday morning held a simulation of what voting will look like on the day. Due to COVID, the number of staff at polling sites will be reduced, and every member of staff will be equipped with protective gear, including face masks and face shields. People in home isolation due to COVID are not allowed to go out to cast a vote. People who don't have COVID but have symptoms can cast their vote in designated booths. 今年投票因疫情除了要酒精消毒外，还得要量测体温。Due to COVID, voters will have to disinfect their hands and get their temperatures taken at polling stations. People with fever. Members will be taken to a specially designated area to vote and will be asked to wear gloves when doing so. The booths for people with symptoms will be set some distance apart from the regular booths, and staff will issue gloves to voters. After casting a vote, the voters must dispose of the gloves in the designated bin. We've ordered five times as many voting stamps as before. They'll be swapped out regularly and disinfected. With just days to go until election day, the Central Election Commission says all preparations are in place to make sure everything goes as smoothly as possible. Immigrant. From all over the world come to Taiwan, where they find work, start families, and add to the diversity of the island. In today's installment of an immigrant story, we meet a blues band called the Rockets. They perform Chicago blues classics and originals around Taiwan. FTV reporter Stephanie Yang met the band to learn more about their work. Performing one of their original songs, "Nobody Here But Us Chickens," are the Rockets. The blues band was formed in 2015 and consists of four members hailing from the U.S., Canada, France, and Spain. The band consists of Jim Clark as a vocalist and harmonica player, Mark Howe on the guitar, Mark Spasic on the bass, and Eduardo Sanchez Seco as a drummer. My name is Jim Clar. I'm from the United States. I've been in Taiwan for eight years.、Uh, we came here because my wife was、uh, employed at Taipei American School. 
So I played in a blues band when I was in America, and my goal when I came to Taiwan was to find a, a blues scene and find some good musicians and start playing some music here. Well, originally from Canada, uh, lived in the Bay Area for a while, playing, uh, played in bands there, and I've been living in Taiwan for about six years. Um, been in this band for almost four years. The two main goals are one is to write more songs and get them recorded, and also to maybe reach a wider audience with the blues. That's one of the reasons we do the jam session. It's, it's fun, but it's also getting other people involved and getting people are hearing the blues and stuff. My name is Mark, I'm from France, Paris, born in Paris, and I've been in Taiwan for about 10 years. Uh, I make desserts, that's my job, daytime job. Teach desserts and uh, I love music. I loved it since I'm about this big, so I'm happy to have a nice, playing with a nice band. From Spain, from Madrid, uh, I've been here in Taiwan for three years now, and I'm a drummer of the band, the Rockets, and also play drums with other bands. The Rockets perform around Taiwan, delighting audiences with their Chicago blues classics and originals. The band members all have other daytime jobs, but because of their love of blues, they practice and perform during their spare time. So far, the band has produced seven original songs. We are inspired by what's known in America as straight-ahead Chicago blues. Uh, in general, uh, the blues started in Mississippi, and then a lot of people who played blues came to Chicago, and they created a specific sound. Our goal is to recreate that specific Chicago sound uh, in Taipei. Well, we're working on uh, a lot of original songs that are in the same genre as the Chicago blues that we started playing cover versions of. And, um, you know, we'd like to just continue to develop as musicians, continue to spread the gospel of the blues. The great thing about Taiwan is I feel the government gives a lot of money to culture and create a lot of events, festival, again, that, you know, help bands to stay alive. Say I'm more jazzy, funk, but not so bluesy guy. Jim is the blues guy. And the good thing about Jim is he writes songs. So we are working a lot on our own songs, and that's interesting. So maybe we had about five to seven songs right now. So when we get to ten, maybe we can record. The Rockets perform every week in different venues across Taiwan. They hope to continue to delight audiences in Taiwan and spread enthusiasm for the blues. Hello, my name is Jim. My name is Edu. I'm Mark. I'm Mark. And, and we, we are the Rockets! FTV reporters Stephanie Yang and Ye Chunhao in Taipei. This week, the Taoyuan City government hosted an education symposium on sister school partnerships with the American Institute in Taiwan. Following the conference, Taoyuan Mayor Zheng Wenchan invited the heads of three U.S. counties to a series of activities to experience the local culture. The three Americans were given honorary citizenship of Taoyuan to mark the growing friendship between Taoyuan and its sister cities. 
Taiwan and U.S. local government officials and education experts convened at a symposium under the U.S.-Taiwan Education Initiative, which was launched in 2020 by the American Institute in Taiwan. My sincere and heartfelt thanks go to AIT for the assistance to make this event possible. Now, we are trying to build strong sister school partnership between the United States and Taiwan. The Symposium on Building Sister School Partnerships was co-organized by the Taoyuan City Government and the AIT. Following the event, Taoyuan Mayor Zheng Wenchan invited the heads of three U.S. counties, including Alameda and California, to a series of activities around his city. Displaying its abilities as a great host, the Taoyuan city government arranged an itinerary covering all of the city's major attractions to experience Taiwanese culture. They visited markets and enjoyed local delicacies while also interacting with local students. The U.S. representatives also tried their hand at traditional wood carving. At the end of their itinerary on November 16th, Mayor Zhen awarded the three U.S. officials certificates of honorary citizenship to recognize their efforts in promoting sister city relations. The three counties are all very populous urban areas in the U.S. They have excellent characteristics. We hope that Taoyuan can, in the future, achieve closer collaboration in areas such as education, healthcare, and industry with these three counties. With the close interactions and exciting itineraries, the friendship between Taoyuan and its sister cities has grown to show to the world just what Taoyuan and Taiwan have to offer. TSMC founder Morris Chang is scheduled to arrive in Thailand on Thursday afternoon to represent Taiwan at the Asia-Pacific Economic Cooperation Summit. Chang will be staying at the Athene Hotel in Bangkok, where... Chinese leader Xi Jinping is scheduled to give a speech. Whether the two representatives will walk into each other at the hotel has attracted much media attention. Let's hear from our reporter in Thailand. Taiwan's representative Morris Chan will check in at the Athene Hotel in Bangkok at 5.15 p.m. on Thursday. That same day, between 5.45 and 6.15 p.m., Chinese leader Xi Jinping is scheduled to give a speech here. The security arrangements for that point in time have caught much attention. The appropriate arrangements have been made by a representative office in Thailand. There are no plans for arrangements, but any engagement would be as it usually would be. The spokesperson of Taiwan's delegation to APEC stressed that there were no arrangements for talks between Taiwan's and China's delegates, but they could engage the way they normally would. Now that APAC is being held in person once again, all eyes are on whether the representatives from both sides of the strait will exchange words at the event. On November 16th, Xingzhu held its first televised policy presentation for this year's local elections. At the event, the mayoral candidates for the city traded barbs over what was the best direction forward. The DPP candidate, former Deputy Mayor Shen Huihong, touted her achievements while in office, saying the city had advanced considerably under a DPP administration. Meanwhile, the, the candidates from Taiwan People's Party and the KMT said they were the best fit for the city thanks to their background in technology and their history with the place. Five mayoral candidates for Xinzhu City participated in the first televised policy presentation event. 
Tension between the candidates was evident as they posed for photos. In her presentation, DPP's Shen Huihong, who was the city's deputy mayor before joining the mayoral race, focused on the current DPP administration's achievements. In the past eight years at the Xinju city government, I've dedicated my service to all of you. Over these years, we've created a sense of honor and well-being in the city. Meanwhile, the Taiwan People's Party's Anne Gao, who has recently been surrounded in controversy involving her aid's wages, emphasized her background in tech. By chance, I gained the backing of Honghai Chair Terry Go and stepped into a political career. I was born in Xinju and have always served Xinju. Xinju is my hometown, and Xinju will always be the best place for me to serve its people. The candidates sparred over the current administration's performance, which the DVP candidate vehemently defended. Whether the locals' lives have improved, those who live here should know very well themselves. As election day approaches, those with vested interests have begun to stir the pot and point fingers at our civil servants. For a hard-working team at the city government, the efforts I've made and colleagues who have worked tirelessly with me, that's an attack on the personal level. The candidates traded barbs at the policy presentation. With just over a week to election day, they're doing all they can for the local seal of approval.